recording this. <laughs> That's why I did not mention yeah, we names need, like, of people that I know or anything else. I'll take these four you know, and we'll just see anyway. what I feel like later. Perfect. So do we want to get going? Yes. Um, we'll think, think about so. it. Sure, we'll Who's going to start? What are we reading? Playing? Watching? You haven't done an introduction yet. Um, I'll do it in a minute. This comes out Monday, right? <laughs> yes. Yep. By the time you're listening to this, I'm playing the new Sims 4 pack and I'm going to be so excited. Anyways, Aaron's living the nice. dream. What are you reading, Aaron? i got to f- remember the name. It's the um, Psalm for the Wild. Psalm for the, Psalm wild, for the wild Built by Becky, by Chambers. Becky Chambers. It is yeah. a nice little sci-fi novel. It's very little, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically the story plotline from the back of the book, so it doesn't spoil anything, is that robots kind of went away ages ago, and they used to help people, and they used to like help people do things, and then they went away. They went haywire, went away, so they didn't have to help anyone anymore. <clears throat> Years later, there's this monk who's working at a tea house, and they, specifically they, mm-hmm. um, are just working, and all of a sudden a robot kind of comes out of the woods, and is asking the question, like you do. Yeah. what do you need help with? Which is what the robots originally well, very were supposed question. to be asking. And oh. they went, this robot specifically went back to the old programming of helping humans. And so now they can't go back until they help humans. Oh. But they realize, as the story goes on, that basically... A lot of humans have a lot of different needs and help with a lot of different things. So you're going to have to ask this a lot to be able to help everyone. Okay. Interesting. And the monk is non-binary and I'm in love, so. Yeah. There's another sci-fi monk in... Yeah. How many sci-fi monks are there? I don't know. Uh, That is... Like Did asking it? how many alien invasions there are in science fiction. Okay. Let's talk that about Star Wars. Just, I mean, the Jedi noticed. Order is basically a yeah. monastic what? knighthood. <laughs> what? Is no, what? wait, listen. What? I want to hear what Jen has to tell me. What? I just in my collection development doing for the library recently. I feel like mm-hmm. there's just been a spate. I haven't noticed monks so much, but like a lot of nuns in fiction right now. Yes, a lot of nuns. Yes, really. A lot yes. Of nuns. Huh. That's don't know why. And either like actual like. Catholic realistic nuns or some of this like as opposed to Adventist realistic nuns (laughs) as opposed to like nuns in fantasy societies who worship gods that are not the Christian god got it we're talking about like these are actual nun nuns I know I was like Catholic nun that's like saying okay um, all the nuns and call the midwife are Anglican so fight me what? Where's my popcorn? All right, apparently... Okay, I'm a little too early, a little too early. Sister Mary Jen. <laughs> I, I missed that. What are you reading? I'm reading two books right now, because <coughs> one of them, you may have heard Anthony talk about this one already, is The Taking of Jake Livingston. Yes! Oh, sorry. <laughs> by Ryan Douglas. And it is scary, and I am a wimp. So like at A-F. night... So like at night, when I don't want to be reading this right before bed... I am also reading Sensational by, I believe her name is Kim Todd. It is nonfiction. It is about all of the girl stunt reporters of, like, oh, the Gilded Age one. newspapers. That book, It okay. has serious Catherine Plummer vibes, which is really the reason that I picked up Wait, this wait, book. wait. Did you say Gilded Age? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need for you to place a reserve for that when you're done, because I need to do research. Yes. Gilded Age, New York. Mostly. 
girl stunt newspaper reporters like Nellie Bly getting herself sent to the insane asylum and writing the story about it. Ah, ah, okay, carry on. Which, you know, then becomes a thing in pop culture where you have American Horror Story Asylum where the lady gets sent to the insane asylum. Yeah. And you have Catherine Plummer trying to bust her way off the social pages. Yes. That's what I'm doing. Andy, what are you up to? Well, I started reading The Taking of Jake Livingston. Is that a scary book? Yes. um, Oh, yeah. Actually, I quit. I just couldn't stomach it anymore. It was just awful. Um, (laughs) Define awful as in, like, you couldn't take it anymore because it was just that. It's not even an issue. I just wanted to see him make that face. being a turd. Um, I am listening to the audiobook currently, and it's Kevin Mc... Kevin R. Free. Kevin, I was going to say something And Michael Crouch. And they're doing a very wonderful job. Of course they are. They're fantastic. I, I'm also reading... I started it a few weeks ago, but I'm only... I took a break for, like, a few days for other reasons. But uh, The Dragons of Autumn Twilight, which I might reference in this podcast... Um, oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of a probably 1984 fantasy fiction novel, but it's... The first of the Dragonlance books. It's my gateway to fantasy. It's one of those early books that I picked up. Yes. And... Yeah, because you were, what, two in 1984? No, it's four. <laughs> oh, you were four. There you go. But I didn't pick it up at age four. Oh. I would have been impressed. I mean, you could have. That's probably eight or nine. Um, oh, and it was pretty happy for, like, an eight-year-old, maybe. But it's a no, big it, book, it's, yeah. It's pretty delightful in the maybe in the regard. It's maybe not, like, amazing. <laughs> it's not Tolkien level. But it feels like I'm listening to, like, the um, after journal of a D&D campaign. And it's Ooh. I can imagine my friends and I <laughs> interacting and being silly. Well, we play D and D in the same vein as is like how atrocious, really written, atrociously written this book is sometimes, but it's it's also amazing. I love you, Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman, and Lord Ish. Yes, you're here. <laughs> you're alive. I know. What? What a what a, what a, what, a, what a twist. Yes, for <laughs> those semi bookish without the Ish. For those who don't work here, Grant was on vacation last week. Ah. Oh, or this, this week. week. This week. Well, okay, first of all, this it week comes of recording. Out, oh, yo, next yeah, you know week what? of airing. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I thought right. I sacrificed him for my A's this semester for classes. He came back. But he's right there. It must have just been some guy uh, who looks like me. So. You do I don't brother, know what to right? do with this. What? You have a brother, right? He doesn't have you che- Oh, I was going to say, have you checked <laughs> on him lately? No, he, he has returned. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. What are you reading, yeah. Grant? Sorry. Yeah, so, so uh, 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 I'm I'm still like halfway through my Space Monk book. Yes. Um, but yes. I have, in the past few days, I haven't really, really haven't had a chance to like silently read because I, I have a trouble reading when there's lots of noise going on. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, when I on my spare time, I've kind of been listening to the audio book of uh, oh, geez, Lexicon by Max Berry, um, oh. who is a person I didn't. I wasn't introduced to him like through his books or whatever. Mm. Um, he created this online game called Nation States a long oh. time ago, and I was obsessed with it. Oh. And I would like, yeah, okay, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I know what we're talking no. about now. <laughs> Glad you guys do. Yeah, no, no. You you create your own country and join in alliances with people. Uh, nice. the, the sequel was far better. He 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 made the people shut it down for whatever reason. Play. But uh, and, but, <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of obsessed with it for a while. But the book is interesting. Um, it's. It's like uh, it's in a world where words have like physical power and like people are trained to use them to like make bend people to their will and everything. Uh, I'm not super far in it, but it's yeah, it's cool. Oh, I tried to write one of those once. It's really hard to do. Anyway, <laughs> um, I am currently listening to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> um, because I, my 
copy of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was staring, well, one of my three copies of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was staring at me from the top of my stack. And I was like, you know what? Audiobook. And because I was also, I've been playing Stardew Valley. And <laughs> Jim Dale is great to listen to when you're playing Stardew Valley for 10 hours. Yes, Stardew 10 Valley hours. Is fantastic. Yes, because Stardew you can Valley literally play for 10 hours. And I had to tell myself to go to bed <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning. My dog was staring at me through sleepy eyes like, put down the watering can. Put down the watering can. And but like, I have one more bottle. Yeah, I know. Literally, it's just like, I have to water my plants. And then I get exhausted and then I have to go to bed. So I go to bed and then I'm like, I have to go mine rocks. It, it's so much. I miss my farm and it's only been a week so you guess what I'm doing tomorrow on my day off anyway have you picked someone to romance on your save yet uh, you know what here's my complaint about Stardew Valley Uh-oh. if I have oh, one complaint the villagers are jerks yes all yes. of them yes. I don't like any of them literally even the wizard when I went to go visit him after he gave me forest magic just to see like what's up wizard I said hello. He goes, wow, magic is really cool or whatever. And then I said hello again. And he's like, well, got to get back to it. Yeah. And I was just like, really? You have to become more friends with them for them to actually like you. And it's really Yeah, boo-hoo. I'm going to create my farm. (laughs) Forget those people. I don't like them anymore. So I'm just going to create my farm. It's fine. Um, Yes, but I'm listening to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And Jim Dale is a great character actor. And that's about it. I wish you had been listening to it when we had the audiobook podcast, so I wasn't alone in my hatred and loathing. I don't hate him. I just think that he doesn't know how to read sentences well, which is really strange for an audiobook narrator of the Harry Potter series. I don't know. But all right, dear listeners. Fluffy books. We're oh, you Spoilers. you dropped the dreaded F word that early. Fluffy. <laughs> Fluffy! Yes. It's so fluffy. There's a Harry Potter character named Fluffy. I know. Yeah, Actually, yeah it's a dog. The three-headed dog, yeah. yeah. But if it's not clear what we're going to talk about today, we're talking I'm... about the dreaded F-words of the literary subgenre, Fluffy Books. Now, I'm sure we all have a nice, interesting take on why it's bad to use the word fluffy, why it's completely allowable to use the word fluffy. But I think it's kind of worth going around really quick and asking, what does fluffy mean to you? And we're going to go counterclockwise here. We're going to go to Lord Ish. Okay. Oh. What does fluffy mean to you? Um, and we had jokes about what you're going to define fluffy as. Oh, it was a, a very morose book where people like no. disemboweled and dismembered. Oh, it's, no. But there's okay. only one death, so. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be like, Dune was fluffy because I've read Clive Barker. And yeah. Okay. Where were the Cenobites? Where were the, yeah. <laughs> See? This is Child's Play. <laughs> um, Child's Play was fluffy. Hey, yes. Yeah. Hey, hey. Uh, I had actually never heard the word fluffy used to de- like describe books until hmm. you guys started talking about it, actually. Got so, um, And, no, so, like, uh, I mean, to me, it kind of just means um, light reading. I mean, from my understanding, like, nice summer read, cozy. Curling up in your, I don't know. Cue okay. Hermione slamming down a <laughs> massive encyclopedia. I just checked this out for a little bit of light reading. Light reading? <laughs> Is she mental? Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so your resident Weasley's coming for this. I struggle and have struggled. I'm 
annoyed at how much my brain struggles with this concept because I don't understand it. I don't, I've never had approved reading tastes, for, so I don't understand what it means. Like when someone says, like if, for example, I've people have said recently, I've read something really difficult. I want someone give me a fluffy book, and I just look at that and I go. Howl's Moving Castle? <laughs> but that's just because nobody dies. Like, it, it's... I, I feel like that it, is possibly a good factor. It, like, yeah, I, like, but Howl's... And it, of course it has a happy ending, but, like, there's a lot you have to go through to get to that happy ending. Like, your character turn, gets cursed on page five. She becomes, She goes from being a 17-year-old girl to being, like, an 89-year-old woman. And I mean, there's a journey. Like, there's a John Donne poem in the middle of the book. Yep. I don't, like, is it fluffy? It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Do it's. You, do you think a, an apt description would be anything that brings you, like, pleasure? Anything and, like, that gives your heart a hug? No, <laughs> I don't think it would be, because I feel like, for me, I feel like, there are people in the world who look at epic fantasy novels, for example, and they go, well, that's all fluff. And I'm like, have you read Eye of the World? <laughs> like, that's a slog. And it's the first of a 14-book saga that, in which the yeah. resolution is withheld from you until book 14. Like, I don't... That, that book definitely can... betrays my definition of fluffy. But but there yeah. are people in the world who are like, well, it's not Dickens, so it's fluff. And I'm like, well, okay, I, I sure. Yeah, I don't think we can trust those. People. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That it, it it ties my head in knots because I. It, what is it? What is it? I don't know. There's my definition. I have stuff to build off with you, but I don't want to skip Eric's uh, turn. So, so my <laughs> definition of fluff doesn't actually come from books. It comes from fan fiction because, valid. Like. <clears throat> I didn't really, like, come into fluff as a term for, like, actual books until you guys mentioned it. Like, I knew what fluff to me was through fan fiction means, but through, like, actual books, I'm, like, sitting there going, that's fluff? (laughs) To me, like, so in fan fiction verse, uh, fluff is a subgenre. It's an actual genre of writing tag on AO3. Yeah, it is a tag. It is a genre of writing style and it's basically like happy stories. This isn't like hmm. something that has a lot of like darkness in there. Like that can come into play at certain points, but the overall arching theme is something that's very happy, very lighthearted, very mm-hmm. funny. You use a lot of comedy in fluff. There's a lot of like hmm. or it's very like the plotline of this story is character A stole character B's sweatshirt and they had a play fight about it and then they cuddled. Yes. Like that That's is fluff. a classic trope. That is a fluff trope. That is a fluff thing. That is a fluff genre. <laughs> That's so adorable. like when I think of fluff, I don't think of like I know the overarching thing of what you yeah. guys are trying to get at at that point later on. But bat fluff carry on. Yes. Um but my definition of fluff stems from that, and so I think of fluff as something lighthearted, something that's got a lot of comedy in it that doesn't actually touch on, 
like a lot of the darker themes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even like if it just brushes over it for a hot second mm-hmm. we're not going to take that and like make it like some deep traumatic issue that happens later on and then mm-hmm. gets called upon and then there's a little bit of angst and some hurt and some comfort in there no it's just all happiness all cute stuff all the time and i usually don't read those all that often because angst is a lot more fun than fluff but you know Life. jen go ahead <laughs> i feel like i i'll fight you on that have, one later like, I feel like I pull from somewhere in the middle of both Aaron's mm-hmm. and Anthony's perspectives here because I do agree that like fluff for me, in, in the published book world, not in the fanfiction world, yep. is like a very very nebulous term mm. to bite down on because mm-hmm. Annie right. even sent us some articles before we did this podcast mm-hmm. and I was skimming through them and one of mm-hmm. them quoted an author whose book I have read. It's called Love and Gelato. The mm-hmm. author is Jenna. Oh, Evans that Welch. one. Mm-hmm. And like yes, from a name like that. It's set in Italy. A girl falls in love with a boy. Like, there is all of, like, your classic <laughs> hits of, like, somebody would call this a fluff read. There is gelato, right? Yeah, yes, there is okay, also, of course, sure. gelato. Like gelato. <laughs> but crazy. as uh, Jenna Evans-Welch pointed out in this interview that she was doing with someone, this is also a book about grief. Like, the inciting event of this book is that the main character's mother has just died, and she is being shipped off to Italy to live with the man she thinks is her father, but she has never met him. Yeah. And there's a lot of unpacking of, like, how do you process your grief with your mother, who raised you as a single mother and never told you a thing about your dad until she dies, and you're moving to Italy to go live with a stranger who lives in a graveyard who may or may not be your father. Spoiler alert, <laughs> he's not her father, actually. Oh, right, just, just a guy in a graveyard? Or yeah, something? yeah, pretty much. So, like, but all of this, like... The grief gets touched on, mm-hmm. but since it's not a book about grief in the same way that, like, Nina LaCour's We Are Okay is a book about grief, mm-hmm. or, like, the way that The Fault in Our Stars seriously touches on death and grieving and all of that kind mm-hmm. of thing, everyone yeah. calls it a fluff read. But if I just knew, like, you know, if a friend came to me tomorrow, like, I need a fluffy read, something lighthearted, I'm going through a rough time, my grandfather just died, I'm not about to hand him love and gelato. <laughs> Right, whereas someone who hasn't read it might make that mistake. Yeah, like, but if somebody just w- w- like walked over to a bookshelf and went, okay, lighthearted read, lighthearted read. Oh, a little pale cover. There's a heart and an ice cream cone on the front of it. This will be great. Hands it over. So again, yeah. what is fluff to you if a book talks about X, Y, or Z, quote-unquote, serious issue, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. doesn't make it a focal tragedy, doesn't make it a hopeless thing that you can never come back from, handles it in a way... Mm-hmm. that implies you can heal and move on, why is that suddenly a fluff novel and not a book that we should take seriously and hand to people when they need it in their time of need? Yeah, and I think part of the problem with it, too, is that... So someone once asked Holly Black um, the, one of those questions that people love to ask authors, which is like, hey, if you could be any character in any of your books, who would you be? And she's like... I would never, ever want to be the characters in any novel because something bad is about to happen to you (laughs) because that's literally the entire point of fiction. Fiction does not work unless something awful happens to you. It can't just be, 
oh, I was driving and on my way to work, I got into a car accident. That stinks. No, it has to be, I got into a 12 car pile up. And when I was <laughs> on my way to the hospital, the cute nurse boy looked at me and, oh God, what does my face look like? Because they have to give me reconstructive surgery. And am I going to look like myself after yep. this? And that's going to have to be a happily ever after if you're writing a romance. We may, have to, we like, may have to host a writing contest. Um, writing prompt, you wake up in the hospital story. after a 12-car pileup, <laughs> and you just had facial reconstructive surgery, you know. That's, but that, but like, from that, you're like, <laughs> grab, like, you want to read that. If it's just a basic car accident, well, so what? We all have been in one of those. And if you haven't, oh, well, you're 12. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it just, it's one of those things. I guess I'm 12, guys. Oh, okay. Well, we knew that. <laughs> um, it's, so it's weird when people say this particular plot point, when resolved a certain way, creates fluff. Listen, I made a list the other day of. I tried to make a list of books that I consider from my reading experience to be fluff books, things that I've read. Do you know what one of those stories, books, titles, Beowulf. Do you know why I think Beowulf okay, is Okay, um, the daughter is there. You know, listen, you can leave you know, do, you, do, you, do you know why I think Beowulf Achilles is a fluff read? I'd like to know. Beowulf is a fluff read because nothing serious happens. The monsters running around killing people a man shows up who happens to know how to use his sword. He brags about it. He goes and kills the monster. The monster's mom is upset and shows up and says, I'm going to drag off all your wives and children, which she does. The man with the sword shows up, says, I'm going to go kill her, goes down to her under her underwater lair. Somehow he's able to swim with his armor on. A point is made of this <laughs> in the poem. He kills her drags her head back to the surface and goes back to the king and says, ha ha, I've done this. What do they do? They crown him king in his home country, which was not the country that had the problem with the monsters, by the way. A dragon shows up. Beowulf does his braggy thing, but he's an old man. The dragon kills him. The end. Really quick. That's fluff. <laughs> Nothing <Spoiler> serious. <laughs> it's been up for how many thousand years? So long that we uh, almost we need didn't one more have week. it anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I'm just saying, like, I don't understand. People think that it's not fluff because what? What? It's hard to read. It's about a man. Maybe. I, I, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> it's I don't, about a man. I don't get it. Like, what? Where? No, in I did the actually. So, as like, you were talking, I started thinking. Having read it before, I started thinking, like, what could, in my own mind, make it a kind of a um, fluffy read? And I'm gonna apply my own definition really quick. Yeah. And this yes, is, please do, because we didn't get to you. No, it's fine. Um, Something that doesn't tax me. Like, yes. I actually had to start to articulate what is it Fluffy Read in my own personal definition. Mm -hmm. And this entire discussion really forced me to come up with it's not a taxing book. Now, that's not to say that there aren't books out there um, that aren't exquisitely written, intelligently written, or have really good, useful things. But, like, at the end of it, I don't feel like, um, contrast opinion, book thief. Okay. When I was finishing that book, I was devastated. Like, I was actually, I mean a little bit depressed for a few days afterwards as I came to terms with how traumatic that book was <laughs> to me personally at the moment. I don't think you're alone in that. Well, yeah, but okay. <laughs> no By virtue of that experience, yeah. that was not a fluffy, that was not fluffy because it was very taxing. I Whereas, certainly hope not. <laughs> right. But yeah. then there are other books that are not taxing. I'm trying to think, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of something that's got a lot of depth to it, but regardless, it's just I think that there are so many different books that I really, really enjoy, and I think they're smart, intelligent, they have great characters, great arcs, they might even have traumatic events, 
But at the end of it, I close it, and I'm not, like, <gasps> ready to grab the tissues, or I'm not in existential crisis for three days. Um, but, like, thinking on Beowulf and applying that a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe it's the kind of the, uh, the style in which it was written, more, like, kind of poetic kind Listen, of a... I grew up reading the King James Bible. Well, no, I'm... You can make it through Psalms and Proverbs. You can make it through Beowulf. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not judging. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not hating on it. But it's like, at the end of it, like, there was... You're told things happen. It's almost you're told mm. things. You're not really taken on that journey. So you're not... Like, I don't feel like there's any dramatic... It's not dogging on the book, but again, or the mm. story. But where was the dramatic tension? You're told he does this. Oh, there's plenty of dramatic tension, but it's still... It's like reading Sherlock Holmes. Were you ever on the edge like, of your seat? Sherlock Holmes shows up, and you're like, well, the problem's going to be solved. I don't know how, but the problem will be solved because Sherlock Holmes is here. And, you know, the author thinks he's being a genius when there's the Sherlock Holmes mystery that can't be solved. And it's like, you're not being a genius. You're just betraying the formula, jerk. <laughs> like, this is, this well, is what I mean. C.S. Conan Doyle didn't like Sherlock. There's probably a lot of reasons for that. Sure, there's a lot to unpack there. But but my point is, like... There might have been dramatic of those particular books as they were being released or when they were early on but at some point even a Sherlock Holmes book you know he's going to survive except for the one where he dies <laughs> spoiler alert but then he comes back yeah. uh, that's my point is that like again dramatic tension is essential in there's not a genre that you yeah. can name where dramatic tension doesn't exist it has to be there otherwise you're not reading fiction you're reading, I don't know, something else. Yeah. <laughs> I just there's dramatic tension in a Pixar movie. There better be. How many of those would you go? Oh my God, I was so taxed by the end of. No, I mean I'm I'm weeping maybe, because, but happy tears. I don't know. I, I just, was taxed by the beginning of Up. I've heard this. I have not seen. <laughs> I up. was actually just gonna bring up. There's a lot of the like Andy's, um, Andy's toys or it's toy, I'm Toy Story. Andy's toys. I was wow. not ready for <laughs> Toy Story four when I finally sat down to watch it. Like it was pretty. I'm not sure. necessarily taxed, but it's. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why I feel like the fluffy. Yeah. The it's such a strange description mm-hmm. of a story. Because if you use a food metaphor, for example, if I say to you, oh, yeah, for what did you, what'd you have for lunch? Oh, I had something fluffy. Cotton. Was it a donut? Cotton, cotton candy? candy? Was it cotton candy? <laughs> Was it like those puffs that you get, like those <laughs> cheese puffs? Was it... What was it? Like, was it a bag of potato chips? What kind of potato chips? Like, what is fluffy? Was it a granola bar? Oh, no, that's not fluffy. That's crunchy, so I guess it's not. You know, I'm trying to imagine someone's <laughs> like, oh, I had something fluffy for lunch, and, like, Anthony jumping on some pedestal. Well, well tell me about your lunch. What'd you eat for your lunch? <laughs> was it an eclair? Was it a cheese puff? If, if, a, if somebody handed in a manuscript that I was editing, and okay. they used the term fluffy, I'd cross it out immediately. I don't care what you're describing. Do not use that word. It's nondescript. Can it be a dog? What if... No! What it's if, nondescript. Is the but, dog but, mangy? Is but, the dog ugly? Is the dog cute? What Fluff- if you're talking about a stuffed animal? <laughs> they can be fluffy. Hold well, on, let's pull lasso. Let's pull us in. If A.A. A. Milne can get through three Winnie the Pooh books without <laughs> using the word fluffy, I think... 
think we can all agree. <laughs> no, but I think action is to take kind of your food metaphor and reel it back into books a little bit. Yeah. Especially in the fan fiction universe. Mm-hmm. Cotton candy fluff. How, like, how many times have you seen that descriptor in your entire life? Because for me, it's about 10 million. A lot. Yeah. This is fluff. This is all fluff. And when all is the that time. kind of story? Like, I love them. But they are, there is no dramatic tension in a fluff piece of fan fiction that's 2,000 words long. I should know, because I've written, like, 200 of yeah. them. Oh. The dramatic tension is, again, like, person Out A the window. just wants to go back to bed and cuddle with person B. Like, that is the whole plot of the story. There is nothing preventing them from doing Can it. Can we add cuddling as a requirement for <laughs> fluffy books? Yes. yes. Yeah, and and but, for, So yes. when that's called cotton candy fluff, I can picture it. Because when you eat a piece of cotton candy, it melts in your mouth and it is gone. If I found mm. hidden depth in my cotton candy, I would be calling like the food security. <laughs> like, I like there's the, something yeah. wrong. There's physically something wrong. Interesting. I think but when I read a book that can be termed as fluffy, like Red, White, and Royal Blue, like One Last Stop, like any seventy five percent of the books I've ever talked about in my entire life. <laughs> Yes, the like it's like there is that outer layer that is very cotton candy. Like it's fun, you know it's going to resolve in like a romantically happy ending, all of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you get into Red, White, and Royal Blue, mm. and you hit like Henry's sister's cocaine addiction, driven by their father dying of cancer and their mother checking out of their lives. Mm-hmm. That doesn't dissolve in your mouth very quickly. That's something where you need to like actually close the book and put it down and go, wait, what? And then open it back up, and that's kind of like. The yes, one like thing that takes a fluffy yeah, reading that's goes, why it yeah, nope, not fluffy me. anymore. Yeah, like, that's why describing books as fluffy always hits me hard, because I'm like, okay, yes. Like, on the surface level, I can think of tons of books that, like, somebody, you know, sure, you could say this was fluffy, except then that, you know, somebody dies in the middle. And, like, it's not, tra- like, it's tragic, but it's not the focus, and there is a happy ending. Then it turns to hurt comfort yeah. stories instead. Yeah. Or, like... It's a whole other genre. <laughs> or, like, uh... You know, oh, yes, this book is about, like, two teens who end up falling in love even though they're fighting each other on their parents' businesses' Twitter accounts with a meme war. (laughs) But then it turns into a lot of stuff about also, like, familial expectation and what happens when you move from Tennessee to New York City at 14 and re-alter your entire personality to fit in with your new cool kid crowd at your prep school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I get so like, every time I think, oh, this is fluffy, I hit that wall of whatever's in the middle that, again, isn't necessarily (coughs) a tragedy. Right. is going to resolve itself in a relatively hopeful way, but it's not dissolving in my mouth like a piece of cotton candy. Right, because that's one of the things that people don't understand about romantic comedies, for example. There's a point at which if the romantic comedy has not forced you to cry, it's a bad romantic comedy, or you're just a horrible person at watching <laughs> romantic comedies. One of the two things is happening, because that's the function of that part. It's called the dark night of the soul. If it doesn't punch you and hurt they did something wrong or you just don't submit to the story because that's part of the process of being involved in a story is that you have to submit to it if you're reading harry potter and by the end of the first chapter of the first book you're like that's ridiculous all these owls flying around and wizards everywhere and what was the cps involved right exactly that cat just turned into a woman this is nonsensical and it's like you're reading a fantasy novel get over yourself like a giant flew in on a motorcycle what do you want here? Like, what are you expecting? <laughs> yes, it's, but there are people who do that. There are people who watch thriller movies and they're like, that clip doesn't even go into that kind of gun. This is ridiculous. 
Yeah. That's, that's what you're focusing it's on like, right now? Yeah, of course that's true. But he also was holding a baby in the middle of the gun battle, and no one got shot but the bad guys. <laughs> Are, do you want realism? Like, I don't Is understand. The what yeah, it's the one with Clive Owen. It's great. You know how many people I've heard complain about that scene? <laughs> I loved it and hated it. I loved time. it. I was like, are you kidding me? That is the most genius thing I've ever seen. Why? Because it lets you know right away. This is not real. I think I liked it because of Paul Giamatti was the villain in that thing. And he'd be on the phone with his wife. He's like, yeah, I'll be home for dinner at 6. Yeah, maybe 6.15. But then he gets off the phone. Villain shift. Do you know what I love about that movie, too? Hmm. It's fluff. Complete garbage. <laughs> Gotten garbage. But, you know, it, it, it's so easily digestible. Monica Belushi is a joke. She's supposed to be. She's not supposed to be strong female representation. Get out of here with that garbage. Let her flash her boobs and get on with the scene. Like, that's the whole point of her character <laughs> in the wish movie. I like, movie we were <laughs> I do too, actually. Yeah. What is that movie? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> Have you not seen this? No, I. Uh, well, when you said, when you said um, he was carrying a baby and it wasn't getting shot, I thought you were talking about like ch- children of men or something. No, there's a scene no, where he's carrying but a baby. Yes. And shot. But, um, I do love children of men. I guess that really happens quick, a lot. I'm gonna look it up. Who, who's the bad guy? Wait, Paul Giamatti. Are you looking at Oracle? Shoot him up? Yes! Oh, I love that movie. Okay. It's 2007. Because it's intentional fluff. The minute you see him swinging his gun around <laughs> with a baby. <laughs> And then he stands up and he's like, eh, and walks out of the room. Yeah. Always eating a carrot. It, right. Always, you know that it's not supposed to be serious at all. Yeah, like the John Wick films. Those are, I guess those are like fluff to me. I can watch those whenever. Yeah, but, but, it, but what's interesting it. is that all you'd have to do is replace him with a woman. And suddenly everyone is like, that's the most nonsensical movie in the world. Why would you ever? Because men with guns are taken seriously, even in a trash movie like that, that no one should watch. I mean, honestly, I love hmm. it because it's trash. But trash written and directed and led by men gets to be glorified trash. Fight Club is a trash movie. Period. It, it, novel, novel Period. two, novel two, novel two. I haven't read the book, but the movie yeah. doesn't say anything all that much deep about um, humanity or masculinity or anything. Not even insanity. Like it's just like, of course they're insane. They're literally beating each other to a pulp. Do I need Brad Pitt's monologue at the end of the movie to tell me that? No. Is it a brilliant monologue? Well, yes, because it's Brad Pitt. Give me a Brad Pitt monologue. It's fine. But is the film in and of itself intrinsically like deep and written? Please. Is it well shot? Absolutely. But they, am I making any sense? Am I no. going too yes. far? No, because <laughs> I'm trying to think of my bit. own favorite fluff trash movie right now to put it back there with you. And right. I believe my answer is Mamma Mia 2. Right! Otherwise known as Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> my mom thought Mamma Mia 2 was the, Here We Go Again was the first Mamma Mia. Yeah. And yeah. I had to gently correct her, Mom, I mean, that's not the first Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia 1 is just Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again is the sequel, Mother. <laughs> demonstrating now why we are semi-book-ish. Not fully semi. Let's yeah. book. You were saying, you know. early, Anthony was saying earlier, like... The male characters, like, if it was a woman character doing that same thing, it would be like, that's so nonsense. You see that, I think, in books, too? Because you were saying earlier, like, Beowulf was, like, fluff, in your opinion. Of course it is. It's a dude character. (laughs) But, like, we have, like, Love and Gelato, right? Yeah. Where it's, like, a female character who goes through all this stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, nope, that's fluff. There you go. Yeah. 
So. Oh, I've seen it happen with dudes. Like, a man writes about a man going through grief mm. and love at the same time in a beautiful landscape, mm-hmm. and it's considered serious. It's considered a book of our times. It's considered whatever. <laughs> but if she writes it about her from her perspective... Double down if it's a teenage girl, too. It presi- oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I guarantee you, if a woman had written The Fault in Our Stars, would it have hit the New York Times bestseller list no. for 52 weeks? No. I don't think so. <clears throat> in order for a The Hate You Give, for example... It's a dead serious book, mm-hmm. no matter who wrote it. But because a black woman wrote it about a black teenage girl, it's serious. It tells us all that we need to know about race. You need to read that book. Well, first of all, no, I don't. And second of all, is it really that? I mean, maybe it is. I mean, yes, okay, fine. Someone dies on, like, page five or whatever. But, like... Yeah, he dies very early yeah, in the story. I, yes. I know. I just... It's it's one of those weird sort of balance points where it's... Like, but it is also one, too. Like, yes, not... It, it, I, I I do think it is a very well-written, like, yeah. makes-you-think kind of story. Because yeah, it doesn't yeah, also yeah. cop out and, like, have you take clear sides. Like, Star's uncle being a cop himself mm, sure. is very much something that yeah. you have to reckon with in the book. Yeah. yeah. But there's also a fight when Star's white boyfriend is trying to say that, like, how the, you know, talking about his family making mac and cheese and all of Star's family is like, first of all, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep your breadcrumbs over there. Thank you. So, yeah. Yeah, but like, but I feel like it's good because it knows that you can work that humor in. Yeah. Like, if the hate you give didn't have bits and pieces like that, where they're just where Star gets to have goofy moments with her boyfriend and all that kind of thing, it would be unreadable. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Anthony considers Beowulf then as a fluffy read for themselves. What does everyone else consider a fluffy read that yeah. a lot of people might not? Consider oh, a fluffy that's read. That's a really good hmm. question. Because like you you question. said you said Beowulf, and I was like, well. Some people might not consider that a fluffy read, but Anthony does. So, what does everyone else consider a fluffy read that other people might not consider? <laughs> oh God, I'm pretty sure everything I consider fluffy. Somebody, like if I sat down and thought about it enough, somebody would probably be like, "No, yeah, you're entirely right there." I don't know if I have a surprise book in the tank. <laughs> that's a good question. No, it's a, if not, if we even if we can't provide an answer right off. Yeah, what's I mean, fluffy to you, I, Grant? Yeah, like oh, as a no. book. <laughs> Oh, geez. That you've read. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... We can make him think about it. Can, I can short one. fiction be... Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I guess if you if you would ask me a few years ago, I would have said that creepypasta or something. <laughs> what? Which creepypasta? I don't know, because oh. that's just fun. Got it. Yeah. The, the, okay. be- yeah. But sure. the best creepypasta is Servine Birth. It's very creepy. Oh, I haven't read that one. Even now. Okay. okay. I like, I like uh, Ben. Ben Drowned. But yeah. also there's one about the clocks on the wall, and it's really good stuff. Okay, I do have, like, and everyone would fully agree with me that these are fluff, but they're kind of, like, trash fluff and not necessarily, like, secret hidden depths fluff. And uh, it's a series of books by a writer named Abby Glines, and they're all set in a football (laughs) team. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? Because I really wanted to read that series at Once Upon a Time. The football and, books in the South? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I read all five yes. of them. Did you? There are five of them? Yes. Oh my gosh, wow. Okay. And the first one is literally like, okay, the main character girl is mute because she saw her abusive dad murder her mom, and now she doesn't talk anymore, except she totally talks to the quarterback of the football team, 
who they're definitely in love now. She has moved to this town for like five minutes. Aww. He kisses her at a party, and they're in love now. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that's what you need to start talking. Yeah. Do you have a fluff book? <laughs> One that would probably be met with resistance. I mean, I might have a couple. Um, no, I no, I'm not saying it could. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm, thinking I'm still kind of deep. Like, what books would I consider fluff, but hit on a lot of positive notes? Even test your emotions a little bit. Um, actually, we were talking about it the other day. Despite the fact that I do think it is a literary masterpiece, I'll throw Dandelion Wine. Okay. Okay. In that category, yeah. uh, Ray Bradbury, which I'm sure a lot of people, the minute I describe that as fluff, they're going to be like, oh, they, you know, they're going to get worked up. But again, by my own metric, and this is where the, the problem really kind of falls for a lot of us, what does it mean to us? Mm-hmm. And like, you can say what you think is a fluffy read, you can say what you think is, you know, all of us, and we may not agree on what a fluffy read is. Fanfic can say, you know, fluffy is something else. Mm-hmm. Um but no matter how, it's a beautiful book, and if, I hope one day I write one thing that even gets a tenth of the praise that Dandelion Wine does, or, you know, but I would consider it fluffy, because it's just like, even from the first, I remember sitting back like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But like, even though it was kind of life-changing, it wasn't necessarily taxing. Like, I didn't feel like exhausted. I didn't have to like, think deep about, I'm. Like there was tension in there, but there, it was it was kind of a fluffy read, and I invite you to look at because it it's beautiful, mm-hmm. it's wonderful, but at no point are you really, I, I can't imagine anyone, like getting to a point, even one of the most tense moments of the book, and then throwing it against the wall and storming off and not picking it up for a week. Yeah, I'm looking Me. at you, book thief, but mood. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. I think I, I have this sort of averse reaction to a lot of what happens when these conversations crop up online mm-hmm. because you automatically have the sort of reclamation piece and I get really irritated. It's like, I'm not going to defend my reading tastes to you. I like big fat books with dragons and wizards, okay? Get over it. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be, and this is the other thing that really irritates me, it doesn't have to be you know, relevant and uh powerful and life-changing and win three Hugos in a row. Like, I love you, N.K. Jemisin. But, like, it doesn't have to be (laughs) as rich as an N.K. Jemisin novel for me to want to read it. Sometimes it can be, you know, a Tolkien clone. And also, I feel like sometimes... (laughs) Like, when, you know, we say, like, oh, this book is powerful, life-changing, worthy Mm -hmm. of three consecutive Hugos, whatever, and this one is not... You can still find something meaningful and life changing to yeah. you yeah. in the most trash can fluffiest book you're ever going to read in your life. Yes, and I feel like that we just don't allow the breathing space for, you know, you know. Yes, the Notebook is great literature, or whatever. But the Bridgerton books are just for fun, and there's nothing of meaning or value in any of those. You know, there's nothing of meaning or value in the Notebook. You use the you word. Know what I mean. Anthony, really quick. I don't agree with you there, but it's Notebook is fine. trash. Fight me, internet. I read it. I liked it. You, you can fight both me and Jen at 143. <laughs> Tag team. Yeah. Fine. I, I want to, because you used the word reclamation, and that's kind of a, what I was thinking, and like thinking about this podcast, what, I, what it could have been, what it should be, what it might not be. I don't know, but yeah. reclamation, 
a couple of the posts that I did even put mm-hmm. there were very much reclaiming it. And yeah. kind of waxing a little verbose on why they're reclaiming it. I'm going to go like a straight, I don't know what kind of mentality this really is, just a, a borderline hoodlum thuggish mentality. Like, screw you. I like a fluffy I like, book. I like what yeah. I define as fluffy. I like it. You can think it's the most worthless drivel under the sun. But I'm going to stand up, you know, my two middle fingers waving in the air saying, I love my fluffy books. Um, I mean, listen, as far as I'm concerned. There's no explanation really necessary. There are people who should stop publishing books, period. (laughs) There's a list of them. I have a list of them. Mm -hmm. I don't read those people. That doesn't mean that people don't have a right to enjoy them mm-hmm. because people have every right to enjoy them. And I, as a person who doesn't enjoy them, have no right to walk up to them and be like, ugh, another James Patterson? What is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> I knew he would be on the list. Read yeah. your 500th James Patterson novel. Because <laughs> guess what? I don't care. Like, literally. Because no, I'm think- over here reading my 500th Brandon Sanderson. And I will argue with you until the cows come home that they do get better no matter how much bigger they get i don't care i want it's like and i think that's just the thing too is like for me personally because you've all heard me vent my trauma about this yeah whenever i hear the term fluffy book and my hackles automatically rise because again 85 percent of what i read at minimum is quote-unquote fluffy books and it all like whenever somebody turns back around and goes like oh but you're so smart. Or like, oh, but that sounds so bad. Or like, really? You read that? Mm-hmm. Like, did you really have to go out of your way to yuck my yum like that? Did you really, of all the possible comments you could have made in response, you, and it doesn't have to be so, in favor. You could say, yeah. that doesn't sound like my thing. Yeah. But you don't have to make it sound like a personal we, we shortcoming on my no, end. No, I just oh. have three. Because I, have, I like a book with a pink cover. So there's a there's something recently like that has been maybe a bakery bugging yeah. me like a macaron about yes. pop culture that I think I can sum up in two distinct shows by the same company along the same two like, shows by the same company okay, okay go so WandaVision oh. and Loki oh okay yes okay WandaVision is powerful unique lightning in a bottle taxing it hurts yeah. to watch that okay. show do I ever want to binge it again? I really don't know, because it yeah. hurts. It's, I mean, it's painful, especially when you're watching it, like, you know, after having gone through COVID-19. Like, it's just like, do I want to relive now? Ooh, fair. Maybe not, <laughs> you know? I've never thought that about an MCU property before, but that one, I'm like, mm, okay. But it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Loki is popcorn, okay? It's not <laughs> deep. It's probably full of holes that I haven't bothered to examine. You know why? Because I don't care. Because guess what? It's time travel. There's a plot Because guess what? I get Loki in a collar on his knees looking up at Sif about 15 different times in a spot. And I'm like, give it to me. Where's my popcorn? I want my bottle of Coke. I want my popcorn. I want everything. I want it. I want more of it. I want it all day long. And I don't want the formula to change. It's fluff. And people hate it. I hate it. But people don't enjoy it as much. Yeah. And I'm confused. I'm like, why? It's fun. You do you not like fun anymore? Like, do you not know how Loki works? But people don't know how to appreciate think- fun anymore. And also people want all of the MCU to be things that are playing like 5D chess with their plot lines here. Like they want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Guess Am I what? Wrong? They guess what? They, they want got the it. No way home Spider-Man featured. Yeah, no, just, like, guess what? They got it. Going. It's called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it's 
I was going to say it's trash, but it ain't good. Poor no, I just even say As a person it's who's good. only seen Black Widow great. in the recent one, <laughs> not amazing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because okay, it's just when you when you the minute you take Falcon and Winter Soldier, you stack it up against Wandavision and even Loki and, and its, it's fluffiness. Just, it's it's bottom tier of those three. It is. It's like it's like. But, I, but at the same time, I still watched it one day. Don't regret binging that entire day, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and the things that I about were three and a half episodes. Of Listen, if we're gonna talk yeah. about worthwhile Disney Plus shows, the correct answer is High School Musical. Luffy, which people do love. So it's you know. so good. They've got three Evan Hansons on it. Three of them. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> wow! Okay, I wanted a question for you, Jen. Yes. If I'm, because I feel like I've, because I've taken a lot of your recommendations, and we've had some fun conversations a lot uh, about a number of the books that you've recommended in general, or just to me specifically. Hey, Andy, Code Name Verity fluff. Oh, that is definitely not fluff. <laughs> That's um, cold. That was. <laughs> but your actual question. Red, white, royal, blue. Yes. That's fluff. Mm. It's smart. It's intelligent. It's exquisite. But at the same time. I w- I'm gonna lump that as fluff. For me, that was fluff. I, ag- I agree in like the I feel happy every time I read it sense, but I disagree again when I hit that wall oh, there, in the middle. Yeah, that wall in the middle of like there is no deeper anything to unpack there because there is. But like, so mind much you, I didn't. To but unpack again, there. in my definition, it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't think a fluffy <laughs> book isn't deep. No, but I think we have deep. different working definitions. Yes. Therein lies a problem. And like again, if dear listeners, if you do jump onto the internet and look up fluffy, there is I mean, that's a problem with like a the the word fluffy. It is problematic because people put value in it when it really it's such a such a hard to tack it's down. A it's bad such a subjective word. term. Yeah, it's, it's a bad but word. I'm, we it's can interesting. Just say it. As a part of the okay, listen here. Like I'm never gonna pull back and say I'm not gonna use it because I like to use it. This is one of the things. Yeah. Just because a word exists in the dictionary and has a definition does not make it a valuable word. It's a trash word. It doesn't mean anything. It literally means nothing. The only thing that can be described as Merriam-Webster to the only thing that can be described as adequately fluffy is cotton or cotton candy. What else do you need it for? So to take it and describe the labor of an author, I don't care what the book is. The author labored. They chose certain words and they ch- didn't choose other words. They chose a tone. They chose a plot. They, they yeah. chose characters. They did the work. So to take all of that work and to be like, it's just fluffy, yeah. as if it was a bag of cotton that you picked up to go lick your I'm wounds I'm sorry that with. all you miserable like, people don't like a happy book. I just, I, I can't. They're not wrong when they say that fluffy literally has no definition. I know! So, <laughs> the definition of fluff is of, like, or covered with fluff. Literally, the definition. Fluff is defined as soft fibers from fabric such as wool or cotton, or entertainment or writing perceived as trivial or superficial. But trivial or superficial is basically a very subjective term as I don't like it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes, trivial. One could, again, look at a 14-book soap opera set in another universe and go, that is trivial. That's on the word. 
I guess another question for you, Jen, because yes, I, and this was my original expert. question. If I came up to you and asked for a fluffy book, I would genuinely have to say to yeah. find that better. Yeah, Either, not necessarily to find that better, but to throw back to like my earlier hypothetical mm-hmm. of like if a friend told me I need a lighthearted book because my grandpa just died. I would have to go through in my head, like, mm-hmm. okay, I can think of some, and obviously they're going to touch on something serious, but I'll pick one that doesn't deal with death. Mm-hmm. So again, I would need you to come back to me and be like, okay. What are your taboo subjects that you don't want to Yeah, is there something at? you don't want, is there something that you don't think is fluffy? Is there something you're kind of in the mood for? Like, do you want to laugh? Are you looking for a good romance? Because I also feel like there are funny books and there are romantic books. Yes. And, like, Proper they can meet. reader's advisory at work. I yes. knew someone who was angry because she read The Fault in Our Stars a year and a half after everyone else did. So the hype was all she knew. Mm-hmm. She was angry because she cried. Did, and she was, oh, and was I was like, and like I, thought, I literally time? was like, I was like, have you ever read John Green before? And she was like, no. And I don't think I'm keen to read him ever again if this is what he does to his readers. And I was like, okay, first of all, this was his most lighthearted book. Second of all, and she goes, this was lighthearted. And I was like, well, however, Catherine's. anyone who made you think that this was just a cute, cheeky romance. Probably forgot to mention that it was a romance between children, kids with cancer. Kids with cancer. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like reading a, 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 a kid's book with a dog. The dog's gonna die, so like, be how prepared. About, how about that bridge to Darabithia, kids? <laughs> right. It's like because of are Dixie kids. Let's read some Shiloh. Yeah, right. Right. Like it's just one of those things where like she was lit. She's like. I can't believe no one told me. And I'm like, did anyone tell Did you, you read the like, flag? Yeah, right, exactly. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I'm sorry. Try again. <laughs> also, John's most lighthearted book is Catherine's. Oh, I haven't read that one yet. Sorry. Um, you have to go out on the desk in a minute, don't I you? Do. I do. So we got to finish this. I up. made Grant choose out of three okay. snacks. Um, heaven help us. <laughs> he had no idea what they were because I folded them and handed him and I said, pick one. You could answer it first. <laughs> I don't know if he'll have an answer for this one. I have uh, Karen, Regina, and Gretchen. Oh, shoot. It's the Mean mean Girls. girls. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You marry Karen, you kiss Regina, and I think you gotta kill Gretchen. That's not so fetch, though. Do you have an answer for that? Stop saying Um, fetch. My answer is that all three died in a tragic bus (laughs) crash uh, I-94. So, I've never seen. I've never seen. That's almost exactly a plotline that oh, happens. Really? Wow, that is kind of scary. Oh, okay. yeah. Regina gets hit by a bus at one point. Oh no! But she comes back to prom in like a giant neck brace thing. So, of course she does. I only know because I don't know. But I, Rachel McAdams. Uh, Rachel Adams. Yes, yes, Rachel yes, McAdams, and yes. she—that's her character type. Um, oh well. I, I agree with Jen's idea. Thank you. What? Marry Karen. Yeah. You kiss Regina, kill Gretchen. You realize? Oh man, I can't. I align with Grant that. on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have no, I have no dogs. I was gonna say something about marrying Karens, but then I realized that there might be a Karen who's listening, so I can't be rude. But also, I by virtue of us recording that Karen. specific line, isn't it? The cat out of the bag. Here, I'll give another one I'm just black. for the men in the room. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So for the men in the room, you can have your choice between Aragorn, Gimli, or Legolas. Ooh. 
Oh, please. Mary Aragorn, let's kidding? get that right out of the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no. no if, if he was good enough for... Uh, a, is it Eowyn? Ar- Eowyn Ar- and Arwen. Eowyn and Arwen to give First up. of all... There were more tabbies. Arwen is giving up her... Who said that Arwen Jenna matters said that much? I mean, what kind oh, of opinion was she... I mean, come on. I mean, I get it. Aragorn, the movie version... Um is wonderful for a, for a night anywhere. But he's too, yeah. you know, tossed and turned, and he's the king of Gondor. Oh, he has to be responsible. Okay. You marry Legolas, who's going to take you all over the place, because he's that kind of elf. Yeah. He's just a good man. Until he goes to the Grey Havens or whatever. Then you're, then you're done forever. I hesitate to kill Gimli, though. So actually, you kill Ar- Aragorn, if you can. You kill Aragorn you because you don't ever want to separate Legolas and Gimli if you want to stay married to okay. Legolas. <laughs> Honestly. Because I was going to say you kill Legolas and you snog uh, Gimli. Why would you ever kill Legolas? He's the best of the trio. By far. Not I the Orlando Bloom Legolas. But, you know, share, Legolas really is, like, of definition. the three, is the most incredible. Actually, He's yeah, hilarious. That whole scene where they're climbing up the mountain <laughs> and you suddenly, like, everything. You know, Tolkien's doing all this great description of the mountain falling and, and Legolas is just running on top like, ha, ha, ha. It's great. We're going to, this is really going to involve just us setting up a computer and the microphone and leaving Anthony in a room. <laughs> but I think we need to do a fantasy genre. Duh. Podcast. Yeah. Like, we which, already knew we were doing that. When did we discuss? We were going to do it for C.S. Lewis's birthday. Which is in September, I think. When did we discuss? Oh, so it's not a Narnia-specific episode? I thought we had, like, the Narnia. We had a Narnia-specific Narnia specific. Okay, We need one. a fantasy genre podcast. Next We're, month? Let's do it next month. Hmm. Um, After the classics one or before and the classics one? Dear listeners, there will before. be there will be a, more than just Anthony in the room ranting. Uh, yeah. Are no, you sure you about that? Good. We'll, we'll have to get a little muzzle on him just so you can be like, okay, Aaron's got a turn, Grant's got a turn. I, I feel the need to do the John Cena. I can. Are you sure about that? Da, 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 da. You elbow smash. Just what if I want to talk about the Tortal books for like 10 minutes? You should. They're classics of the fantasy genre. Exactly. <laughs> you know, why fantasy is built on. Yeah. Yeah.